Do you want to reach your next level in business and health? Do you need help unlocking your potential and taking action? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Empowered Life Podcast, a podcast that empowers women to change physically, emotionally, and financially and live a life they love. Now, here's your host, Lisa Pizek. Welcome to the next episode of the Empowered Life Podcast. Lisa Fiesick here, and today I have a treat for you because I am here with Chef, Chef V, Chef Varouge Kashishan is a good buddy of mine, getting to know him really well. And right away when I started chatting with Varouge, I realized that our choices that we make on how we want to coach people aligned the vision that we have the passion that we have the purpose that we have to really know all about the food you're eating what it does to your body and not only the knowledge but realize that you're in this for the long haul that quick fads don't work quick fixes don't work that you've got to have that knowledge but you've got to have that staying power to create a lifestyle that works for you and that's exactly what Chef V does. So I'm so excited to have him here. We're going to be chatting about the difference between a diet and a lifestyle. The difference between saying food is good nor bad nor here nor there and getting rid of food rules and just realizing what you're putting in your body, what effect it's having. And he has a pretty incredible, incredible story to share with you. So Varouge. Thanks for having me, Lisa. I love your energy. I wish I could match it. But <laughs> I, can't, I, don't not, I can't promise you that. <laughs> but you've got good knowledge, and I love having you here. So thank you for being here with me. So, Bruce, tell them, tell them a little bit about, you know, your website is realfoodismedicine.com. Correct. I'm like, I love that. So tell me a little bit about your philosophy as a chef. You know, food is so important to you. Food is love. You've been loving on people for a long time in your life. So tell me a bit about kind of your philosophy on food and where everything kind of started for you in your life with the changes that you've made. Great. I'll be happy to. So let me start by uh, kind of giving a short introduction of myself and how I got to where I am now. Um, I'm the founder of Indulge Right Foods and realfoodismedicine.com. So the whole, uh, my background, obviously, is a chef. That's my training. That's been my first love since I was a child. Um, but over time, I really, because of the way things turned out for me, from my own health um, problems, if you would, I started looking at food in a different perspective. For the last seven, eight years, I took a different journey into learning about the other aspects of food, the medicinal purpose of food, the traditional properties of food versus just the cooking part of it, right? Mm-hmm. One thing led to another, as you know, once you get into the science, it gets pretty fascinating. Um, and for me, I always loved nutrition. However, I discovered after 30-something years that I did not have the brain capacity for it. Mm. I used to joke saying, you know, if I was any smarter, I would have, I would have become a doctor. Right? But one thing I did not know at that point when I was saying it, I was saying it as a joke, really. But after I changed my lifestyle, I realized, wait a second, I have this brain fog I did not know about. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more you learn, the more I went back as I was going through the whole 
Uh, I became a gluten practitioner because that's what kicked it for me. I was um, um, diagnosed with non-celiac gluten sensitivity. Mm. I wanted to know how is it that one ingredient, that's where the whole journey started. I wanted to know why and you know, how is it that one simple food group or ingredient, if you would, could make such a mess in your body. So I stopped playing soccer when I was in my late teens because of certain pains. And when I would step in a certain way, it would just send this wave of pain to my brain. It felt like forever, but it was like a millisecond, right? Um, so I stopped skiing because of that reason. I had back pain. I had arthritis. I had joint pain. I always blame it for the industry because I've been you know, working. Those of you who don't know, chefs are really, they don't work. Their short schedule is 10 hours a day. Wow. That's like half a day, right? always blame it to like most people do on age oh i'm just old you know i'm 40 now i'm you know things change well that's bs um and for me it was you know like yeah i'm always in the freezer and the fridge and you know you get into a hotline and you're doing this you're lifting this so you always have some sort of excuse um i used to get adjusted every week as i started you know looking backwards um i was your typical what i would have probably been labeled an add child right so I was always in trouble. <clears throat> I grew up overseas where the uh, yardstick ruled the classroom. <laughs> so I was, I was in trouble every day because my brain capacity was almost nothing. Wow. Um, in my 20s, I started having seizures. Still nobody knew why or how, even though we have, you know, if you research it, there's correlations um, between gluten issues and uh, seizures, right? Because or even strokes, um, because you get has that gluten has that ability to penetrate your brain barriers, which is your brain's, as you know, your brain's own kind of uh, immune system, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where you get the brain fog. That's what you get the irritability. That's what you get the, uh, you know, triggers of anything neurological, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mood issues. Wait till it was classic for me. I mean, it was like normal. I would just fire up in no time. But I know why. Right? So the more we got into it, the more I realized, holy crap, my whole family has these issues. Where is diabetic, diabetes, where it's uh, obesity, where it's uh, neurological issues. I'm not talking about schizophrenia, which is, you know, there's some correlations in there as well that based on science, but, you know, irritability, mood issues, and so forth. So that's where I started kind of uh, connecting dots. Like, wait a second, this wasn't just starting yesterday or hasn't started yesterday. I've been with this for my life all my life pretty much. That's when I started looking at food as medicine. That's when things shifted for me. Um, the more I got into it, the more I've seen the results. In the meantime, I've lost 25 pounds. And I think it was about 35 days or 40 days because I also had some intestinal issues, which is, you know, I pop pills for um, acid reflex. I pop pills for the joint pain. I pop pills for everything. I was a pill popper yeah. uh, because that's what it was. That's what you do. so because of all those side effects um i had intestinal candida so i went on a really strict diet for a while because i might as well just do it at that point it was like i had no choice and that's where i dropped you know going off all the inflammatories and cutting out the sugars and all that stuff um that's why i dropped 25 pounds and people didn't really care about why or how i did it Mm -hmm wanted the same results. I'm like, when you would tell them it was a gluten issue, they're like, I'm fine, I don't have gluten issues. How do you know? Oh, I'm fine with bread, I don't have no problems. 
right? But when you dig deeper, you go like, what about that? What about that? What about that? I thought the same way, right? Mm-hmm. Just to give it short, that's what I got into it. The more I got into it, um, the more people got in, I kept asking me to help them lose the weight. That was the focus, really. They didn't care about the side effects, which for me was the most important part, especially yeah. to the brain health, because um, personally, my father passed away at a really young age after battling with Alzheimer's disease. Mm. So that became very important to me. Like when it comes to the brain, I don't want to mess around with it. I mean, think about it. You have followers who are in the business world. Um, how are you going to properly lead people if your brain is not 100% firing? Totally. We right? We don't think about that. Um, if you look at food as information to yourselves, which ultimately that's what it is, every bite that you're taking, every sip of you, every, I don't know, um, drugs, every whether legal or illegal, every supplement, every fruit, every vegetable, every whatever, it's sending information to your cells. And if we understand that, you go like, oh, wait a second. If you do a self-check, how much crap are you putting in your system? And then you wonder why at 40, you're like, oh, well, it's all the age. My joints are blah, blah, blah. And, yet, and unfortunately, the medical industry, and it's not nothing to do about the medical industry, you know, against the medical industry, but we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. We're not in the healthcare. We're actually in disease management system, right? So you go to the doctor, he's like, well, it's genetic. You know, arthritis is considered a genetic issue, right? Medically, that's what it is, but do we really have to get stuck in that that um, umbrella, if you would, right? That we, so that's, that's where it's kind of a my passion started to helping people and giving them that knowledge that, um, you know, my latest mission, my biggest mission is really to end the obesity pandemic. Mm-hmm. Because now obesity has become, become the, the, the top cause of death in, in our age at this point, like, right? Um, I don't know how the numbers are in Canada, but in the States, we're at about, 30, you know, almost 70% of Americans are overweight and almost... 40%, 36.7% are obese. Mm-hmm. First time in history we have six months old obesity pandemic for newborns, basically, right? Crazy. So I think that's a problem for us. We have to address it differently. And definitely it's not going to be based on the classic um, dieting style, right? Counting calories and doing all that stuff. That obviously haven't, hasn't worked because if you look at the statistics going from since they started talking about dieting the way we know it today to where we are now, obesity just climbed along with those numbers, right? So, yeah, it's like the more rules that we set for ourselves, the more we've gotten into more trouble because people want the quick fix and the quick this and the quick that. And like you said, they're not willing to do a self check. Look at food. I love how you said food as information. Absolutely. As soon as you put something in your mouth and you eat it, it's sending a signal. It's telling your body something. But you're right. We've either numbed ourselves out with too much coffee, too much alcohol, too much stress. We're busy. We blame it on age or genetics or whatever, you know, lifestyle. You blame it on whatever you want to blame it on without actually making the link. 
that it's most likely related to what you're putting in your body. And for you, it was the gluten that gave you that terrible dog muscle or a joint pain, just not feeling good. I was feeling horrible. I mean, again, I feel better today in my 40s than I felt in my 20s. And didn't you say when you were telling me earlier that it actually wasn't, it was a friend of yours that was bugging you that was saying, hey, you should look at the gluten or you, at first you were like, no, 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 no. Right? It was. This thing that reminded me that. Yeah, she was actually my client at the restaurant. Ah. She was, um, she's actually a doctor. She's a chiropractor, but she's also, um, she's the, she has double diplomat in nutrition. Um, she has diplomat in uh, uh, chiropractic neurology. Wow. She's got an in-depth understanding. She's one of, she's like us. At the average. I think she has a huge influence on, my, on myself from that perspective because she's a, one of those who's never stopped learning kind of people. Um, so yeah, she was my client. She had allergies. So when she came in, we're like, no, we'll take care of you. No big deal. We'll work around your allergies. So she became a daily patron of the restaurant back then. Uh-huh. And then she approached me. She's like, hey, I want to do cooking class. I'm like, great. We do a lot of them. She's like, okay, perfect. Then it should be easy for you. And then she goes, typical her way. She's a kind of a smart ass, sassy personality. Like, <laughs> It's going to be gluten-free, dairy-free, and sugar-free. I'm like, wait, you want to do baking cooking class with gluten, dairy, and sugar-free? I'm like, oh, I was a typical chef. That was before my, made, my, I made that shift, right? Uh-huh. Um, and if I go too fast, tell me to slow down because I have the habit of talking too fast. Good. <clears throat> but she was, uh, I'm like, okay, well, what's left? Why bother, right? She goes, just think about it. I'm like, all right, fine. So, of course, being her... Next day, she comes in. She's like, so what are we doing? When are we doing the class? I'm like, all right, finally, at some point. So we started doing the classes. I broke down. I was like, just give me a list of what we could use, and I'll figure something out. Um, so because of that, I would get adjusted every week. Pretty much would go to her and get adjusted a couple times a week because of my lower back pain and neck pain. And, you know, ultimately, it was inflammation, but I did not know it. I did not understand it then. Yes. Finally, one day was where she was adjusting me and she touched my lower back. Um, and then that old feeling of, not the feeling, but that, remember that pain that I was making my knees? Yes. Shut up straight to my brain. I'm like, don't touch me. Hold on. It felt forever, but it was like a, yeah. right? She goes, listen, I've been telling you about it all this time. I could fix you every day if you want. It's not going to change. Your problem is not a muscle issue it's not a bone issue so i i could fix you but by time you know it will it'll it'll fix you temporarily but that's about it she goes you got to go gluten-free it took her about a year and a half to be honest with you yeah i said all right fine i'll try it so get off my back (laughs) pretty much it was that because you know it's hard you know again i was a pastry chef i was a baker i had a bakery i had a restaurant i had a catering company i lived on carbs yes fast food was a ball of pasta or a pizza Yes. Um, we were doing, you know, baked goods, everything from scratch. I mean, my breakfast, I remember we used to go to the farmer's market and so forth. My breakfast on the way to the farmer's market or from the bakery to home, it was a loaf of bread yep. or a couple of croissants, right? So I loved that. That's all I ate. Um, so ultimately, that's when she led me into like, okay, well, just give it a shot. And I gave it a shot. I'm like, oh, wait a second. How is this, right? That all of a sudden everything is gone. 
So I, you know, I went from not doing any sports to writing a century, right? Doing a century right up in like how, and and pain free, right? So that was the thing. It's just like, okay, wait a second. There's something in here. Yes. Now you brought up a good thing where <clears throat> when she approached you about doing it, you know, gluten free and dairy free, and you were like, "What's the point? What's left?" Exactly. I think a lot of people think when we start to tell them that they've got to eliminate and that's not to say that for everyone gluten that, that's not to say every single person that listens to this podcast should stop eating gluten you've got to make that decision for yourself but if you are getting those signals of inflammation in your body you've got to make a change and sometimes people go well, i don't want to i love my bread i can't live without my bread don't tell me i can't have my bread my pasta right so why bother what's left so what do you say because i'm sure you get that and you're like, dude, inflammation is here. It's gluten. We got to cut it out. And people say, what's left? What do you say to them? Um, the way I put it is generally like, do you really want to feel better? Mm-hmm. That comes down to that. You make that decision. I'm not here to tell you what to do, what not to do. I'm getting paid to support you to, change, to get a better health, to feel better. It's up to you whether you want to change or not. I'll give you the information that you need, but it's like taking a horse to the water, but you can't force him to drink, right? Right. To me, it's like, let's address all the inflammatory products. So based on latest research from uh, one of the scientists up, on, up at Stanford, their celiac department, I don't, I don't know if you've heard of him. You might have. Uh, Alessio Fasano is a doc up in Stanford there. His, his thing is basically celiac and non-celiac thing, right? Mm-hmm. Of his books, he actually said, even though not everybody needs to go gluten-free, but there's no human body that digests all the gluten peptides. Mm. Break it down. Mm. We don't, we're, not, we're not cows. We don't have a second or third stomach, right? Yeah. We break it down. Right. That's where inflammation, inflammation comes in. You're not breaking it down. You got macros in your system floating around. Mm-hmm. Body's going, well, wait a second. What do I do with this? Issues. But if you go into the gut level... There's issues in there. We have, you know, everybody talks about intestinal permeability or leaky gut, but most people don't know what it is, right? That's when it goes, that's when your immune system kicks into high gear, as you know, and then you go like, oh, wait a second, we have this, we have that. Oh, now I have an autoimmune disease. What's autoimmune disease? It's your body attacking itself. Yes. Put it in a simple way, go, okay, well, what's causing it? Well, most doctors go like, it's genetic. Oh, okay, fine, you got your genes. Fine, you got those genes from grandma, grandpa, whoever, but that doesn't end there. Right. You know, the science, as you know, of the uh, nutrigenetics, epigenetics, epigenomics, yep. it tells you, well, there's other causes. Yeah, you have the genes. That's what it is. You're stuck with that. We can't change it. But if you modify your lifestyle, if you modify what's triggering those genes to act or react, right, you could change that expression. You don't have to change the genes. Yeah. So, it, it changes the way they react, right? If I say something to piss you off, it'll be like you probably will react to it. But if you try a little bit, you might be like, oh, well, let me respond back to this one, right? So our body is the same exact thing, but we don't look at it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Immune disease. Mm-hmm. We, talk about it. I mean, we hear a lot, of it, a lot about it, but most people don't address it. And they go, well, it's genetic, it's, you know... And some conditions are like, when most people who are not familiar with it, lupus is one of them, right? MS. Um, help me out here with all the different diseases. Arthritis. Arthritis. Um, yeah. 
all the pain. So there's so many issues that we don't think about. We we run under the umbrella of autoimmunity. Oh, oh, you know, poor me. This is what I have. Yep, all of it. But but once you do change your lifestyle, everything reverses. Yes, you, you change yourself. You change your own genes, and you can change the genes that you pass on to children if you have it. Absolutely. But you've got to start from your lifestyle. Right. And I think that's where most people get confused between lifestyle and dieting. Yeah, talk to me about that a little bit. So most people diet because that's what we know about, right? For the 60 years, whatever it is, 70 years, where the industry became the dieting industry, as it's referred to today. If you look at the, going back to the origin of the meaning of dieting, both in Greek and in Italian, or Latin rather, it means a way of life. has nothing to do with counting calories, portion control, um, skimpy little sizes, or eating grass day long, right? Uh, it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. A way of life, prescribed way of life in Greek, I think. Mm-hmm. So you're going boiling down to lifestyle. What's a lifestyle? The way I see it, there's five components of it, uh, major components, so to speak, right? Your food is obviously one of them. Mm-hmm. Your, your stress is a huge impact on it, right? Mm-hmm. Your sleep is part of your lifestyle. We don't think about it, and I'll tell you why I grouped them under these five. Yep. Your toxins. Or you know your system toxins in your systems, right? And then your fitness. The reason why I put them in the way I see them as you know these five components to it because they all ultimately, as you know, they'll affect on your hormones. Yeah. When so I talk just about hormones, recap quick, so people got it: food, stress, sleep, toxins, fitness. Fitness, and they all go hand to hand. Okay, keep going. I love it. Okay. Um, let's see where were we at. Oh, the reason why I put them under these five categories, as you know, they all affect on your hormones. And most of the time when you talk about hormones to people, people focus on like, oh, male and female hormones. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the hormones that are, that are actually have a direct relation to our life, our weight, our gaining or releasing weight, right? Mm-hmm. The insulin, cortisol, um, leptin, ghrelin, and all the way up to the thyroid hormone, right? Which is your master cell. I see it as your master brake, right? Or the main emergency brake. Hold that. You could push as much as you want. You're not going to go nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. All of them, what people don't correlate is your sleep. It could be stress or lack of it, right? If you're not getting eight hours sleep, your body's not functioning properly. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not. It creates more cortisol, right? Creates more insulin. So here you are eating healthy. Because initially I started at, you know, addressing the nutrition part of it. And I realized, wait a second, people are not doing the right things. Mm-hmm. When you're stressed, we don't think about it. It's easy for us to say, we almost override it. We just say it and we don't think about it. I'm stressed out. If you stop for a second and kind of like look into all the side effects of stress, the first thing is really your body playing with the hormones, right? Cortisol, you dump a bunch of cortisol. What's happening ultimately? Your body is dumping a bunch of sugar in your system. And then, you know, like, especially the chronic stress, right? So all floating around, you're sitting on your desk and doing nothing with it. You're not in an emergency. Guess what? All that sugar is going into your fat cells, yep. right? It's creating more inflammation. Yep. But think about it from that perspective. 
Same thing with too much fitness. You know, people go, oh, well, what do they do January 1st comes? Let's hop on the treadmill. Yep. Eat less. Let's yep. count, the calorie, count the calories. Yep. Skip portions. Yep. No matter what the source is, yep. which is more important than actually the number of calories, right? Amen. But that's what we do. People don't see results and they quit. Yep. Because they don't have the information they need to make the right decisions. We don't understand, they don't understand it. They didn't spend years researching every single one of them. And unfortunately, information on TV is of, you know, we were talking about it earlier. Yes. It was a pound every day. I saw a sign. I, was, I'm, I want to take a picture of it. it was, I think it was 20 pounds for $20 or something of that sort. Yeah. That was a sign somewhere in the streets. I'm like, great. I want to see how that's going to work, right? But ultimately, if you take every piece and work it properly, it's like um, fixing that cubic. Yeah. All the colors together and yeah. also the body works perfectly. And you're eating more. Most people complain about in my programs is basically, well, I can't eat all that. Stay with me. You tell them, you tell them to eat, you know, good fats. They're like, but fat is bad for me because we've been programmed all these years. Yes. You tell the most, the biggest complaint is that's too much food. I can't eat that until it hits home. with like, oh, wait a second. I'm eating all that. But I'm still losing weight. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling so much better. Mm-hmm. My energy is much better. Right? I'm sleeping better. Yes. Right? So if you combine them all properly, then your body will start functioning just like a in-tuned symphony, right? Yes. That's kind of the take all works together. All works together. Yes. Uh, so that's, I think, what we need to focus on. Yeah. Creating that lifestyle with all the various components. I mean, we could talk hours on each component in here, but uh, I think if we were to get something to get to take home, I'd say focus on your sleep. Mm-hmm. Hours, right? I know we've heard all this over and over and over, but most people don't think about it, don't pay attention to it. Um, understand that working out for weight loss and working to lose or to keep that lost weight off are two different things. Mm-hmm. And fitness could yeah. be stress on your system as well. That doesn't mean now, you know, like, oh, see, that's why I don't work out. I could hear some people saying, well, that's why I don't work out, right? That doesn't mean you don't do that, but just learn. Take the time, get the, you know, hire the right people if that's what it is. Yeah. If you research it, research it, whatever it is, but do it right. Understand what you're doing, how it's affecting your body, Right. Um, what's left in there? The stress. You got to address that somehow. Yeah. Might be as simple as, I don't know, closing your eyes every couple hours and five minutes and just relaxing, taking, you know, deep breaths or breathing in, breathing out, doing for, you know, going for a walk around the block or whatever works for you, right? Mm-hmm. You have to address it. Yes. Lower the tension on your system. Um, so we, on the food, at least remove the inflammatories from your system. Mm-hmm. And what are those heavy hitters? So we talked about gluten is a big one. Gluten is one of them. Grains generally are inflammatory enough for your system, right? We don't have the capacity to break down all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, sugar, I think, is the biggest one. Sugar, yeah. Sugar. Yep. And by the way, this is where I see the biggest problem. Most people shift around. They go from the cane sugar or the, you know, beet sugar, whatever, regular sugar, we know it, table sugar, to chemicals, 
aspartame because it's blackberry or the blue and the pink and whatever, uh, green, blue, yellow, whatever, um, packets. Or even worse, what the industry be turned into nowadays, like the, that have stevia in a packet, but loaded with dextrin. It's like, wait, I'm paying you premium for stevia, which there's a, basically a droplet in it because stevia is so much sweeter than sugar, about 300 times. But the rest of it is sugar. I'm still paying for sugar, lower quality sugar, but the price. So people have to understand those things. Like you can't just mix them and match them kind of thing. Uh, <clears throat> I would go for, you know, like again, understand what you're putting in, do your research, reach out to people like you who give them the, the knowledge that they need to actually move forward with it and make that informed decision. What a simple consult with someone say, hey, I don't want to do a program. I just want to understand what I'm doing. I could take it from there. Or I, could, I need to, whatever. Mm-hmm. So eliminating the sugars, you know, believe it or not, over the years, we've had this thing about fat. Mm-hmm. For us, fat makes you fat. Actually, it's all contrary. You need some good sort of fat to, to tap into your fat burning mode, Right. Um, but along the line, we've also created some created some monsters. Well, the food industry did at least, right? Um, margarine being one of them. Oh, yeah. Who think that margarine is the greatest thing? Um, some oils, they actually have more you know, omega-6s in them than omega-3s, right? And the imbalance of those two omegas will create more inflammation. So corn oil, soybean oil, peanut oil. Mm-hmm. One of the allergens as well, or you know, inflammatory ingredients. Mm-hmm. We want to switch those around um, into canola oil, which actually we don't know the, the story of the canola oil. I don't know if you know the whole thing about it, but that's a whole different topic. That's an, actually just a name that they created uh, as a marketing name. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, again, switch them to avocado oil, which has you know, if you're frying something, has a higher the highest smoke point, which is important, right? Yes. Um, olive oil coconut oil, even though there is this mixed reviews nowadays about coconut oil, but butter, some grass-fed butter, mm-hmm. at least you know where it's coming from, right? Um, so It's like people will swear off, oh, I can't have butter, but uh-huh. then they'll go and put aspartame-filled sweetener in their coffee or eat a loaf of bread right? It's like you have to, again, food is information. Don't swear off good food, bad food until you know what it's doing to your body and you know what it is, how it was made, where it was made. Like food should just be food. If it was manufactured or made somewhere, it probably has some crap in it that you shouldn't be. Correct. You got to be careful what's in it. Yeah. I understand it. Understand, you know, that goes back to labeling, I think. Yeah. Uh, what's in it right but i think you hit the point there where if it's food understand what it is first of all yes your system but you just have to do a little more research as well like what is margarine margarine is like manufactured fake butter not even i wish i've actually i was doing some patent uh, research earlier and I, I don't know if i shared this with you or not but i found a patent for margarine um, back in the old days when they patented the product. And I'm going to try to see if I could find the picture because I want to make sure I, I say exactly what it said. Um, 
It was edible plastic. Oh. Is, let me see if I can find the exact wording because I don't want to mess it up. Um, I posted it on my Facebook, but it was edible plastic something. Gosh, can't. That just doesn't even sound like it would make sense. Edible, like edible plastic. plastic. Well, if you think about margarine, it's just one molecule short from plastic. Crazy. Right? But, and then on the bottom says like butter and margarine. This is the kind of thing. So it's really, I mean, marketing does a great job sometimes promoting crappy stuff to people, uh, convincing them that it's great for them. Yeah. But I think you have to do your homework, do your research, understand who's what. If you're working with people, understand that they know exactly what they're talking about. It's very easy to say, hey, hit the gym for 20 hours a day. I'm going to get you to lose weight. You've got to really know what you're getting into. Yes. It's not about exercise more and eat less anymore. We've, that's been debunked with so many studies and researchers, right? Mm-hmm. To a point where it's like, I can't even believe people buy that crap, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, again, going back to the foods, remove your inflammatory foods, remove uh, things that are not serving you better. Once you get cleaner, believe it or not, your body starts listening to your body. Your body gives you signals, being like, wait a second, you know, simple things, bloating, headaches, mm-hmm. right? Some pains here and there. The cleaner you go, the more your body, you'll start feeling or hearing your body kind of, your body signals, right? Communications, you know, where it's bloating, where it's all of a sudden like, oh, wait a second, now I'll have to clear my throat more often, right? Or yes. headache now. Why did I, you know, my back all of a sudden is hurting me? Why is, you know, I've got so much gas or whatever that might be, right? Um, so those are just, you know, some simple signals your body is sending to you saying, wait, this is not working for me. Yeah. Fortunately, for some of us, that could be some of the good foods as well. Some yeah. of the healthy foods. I've got clients who can't do um, turkey meat. Yep. Even though it's healthier for you, right? Like, I can't do bison. I can't do cod. Random. Fish. Weird. Right. I know. Right? So listen to your body ultimately. And what, I think one of the benefits of going clean, if you want to put it, you know, if you want to use that word, is really you get to start understanding how your body is reacting to certain things. Mm-hmm. I think once you start listening to that, it will kind of lead you toward the right direction. Totally. Less aches and pain, clear head, guts happy, body is happy when you listen to those signals that the food is giving it. So I want to end with like a really quick, almost like speed round. This just came into my mind really quickly. Um, Because people will say like, well, if I can't have this, then what should I have? So recommendations. So can't have pizza. Should have. Let me, let, me, let me challenge that. I think that's in the belief, though. Okay. We're programmed in saying, well, what if I can't have this? Right? If you want to think about it from that perspective, you're putting yourself in a negativity, you're putting yourself in that position of like, well, me, right? Yeah. If you make a choice to create a lifestyle, yes. No longer being in that deprivation mode. True. We have is a belief of deprivation. You deprive yourself to death, right? Until you guess what? Then you start creating this fake cheat cheat dates or cheat meals, cheat days or cheat whatever the hell it is. The question is why do you have to why do you have to cheat? Right. 
obviously you told yourself from the get-go, I'm going to diet, I'm going to starve myself, I'm going to deprive myself, and the first chance I'm going to get is make up for it. Right. Right? Which ultimately defeats the whole purpose. If you're creating, creating a lifestyle, you no longer have to cheat. You no longer have to figure out, oh, well, you know, I can't have this. It doesn't mean you can't have it. Now, provided I'm not going to have pizza because I have gluten issues, right? That's what I meant it from the sense of I totally 110% agree with what you're saying. If we say we can't have it, then we want it. And you're going to have it. You're going to have it. You're going to have it anyway. But in terms of, yes, if you have a gluten sensitivity and you're going to make the choice not to have pizza because you don't like the brain fog that you get from it or the Mm -hmm. bloat, then what's a good alternative that someone could have instead? In that case, again, I'm not a, a fan of going, oh, let's make a fake pizza crust out of, I don't know, Lettuce leaves, right? That's not satisfying. I'm ashamed. That's what I mean, because people do that, right? And then they go, oh. That's, that's where you go like, oh, God, that doesn't taste like pizza. Right. right? We have alternatives, for example, today that are, you know, gluten-free. Are they great? Maybe not. But most of all, hit the spot and you're fine, right? There yeah. are that are offering that nowadays. So instead of saying, I can't have pizza, let's go for the gluten-free pizza. Now, it will be dumb for anybody to be like, oh, wait, I feel like crap after I eat gluten and then go back and have pizza because I need to eat pizza. Right. You have to make some sacrifices at some point, right? A little bit. Same thing with pasta. People pasta. Like, I can't do without pasta. Yeah. I mean, there's some, excuse me, there's some great pastas out there. Yeah. Not to replace those, right? Again, once you, a couple of days ago, I felt like having a bowl of pasta. And I made a bowl of pasta right before I went to work out, right? But it's not like something I do. Again, it was gluten-free, but it's not like, it doesn't mean you can have pizza because it's all carbs or pasta because it's carbs. You're creating a lifestyle. Once you do that, that no longer counts because then you're having your protein. Then you're having your, your, uh, your fiber, your vegetables, your, your fat, your good fats. So you are back on routine or you're back on track. But again, it, you're not depriving yourself. You're not putting yourself in a position of like, oh my God, I can't do this again. Yeah. Because once you do that, we know men don't diet to some extent because it's not macho or it's not whatever. We wait until crap hits the fan and then we'll be like, oh, oh, I got to do something now, right? Yeah. But if you have, if you're creating a lifestyle and your your husband, your boyfriend or whoever is looking at it and be like, wait a second, should I have all that salad or that meat? I could have it too. Then yeah. they'll be you. But the minute you go into skimpy portions, I can't do this, I can't drink that, I'm going to have a sip, but I can't have three sips, they'll be like, hell is that, I'm not doing that crap, right? Yeah. Real food and good food, when it tastes great, your kid will be willing to try it as well. Yes. They train them, right? So all of a sudden, you're changing your family's health, not just yours. You're not dieting anymore, you're creating a lifestyle which you're getting everybody else involved on, in, on the, you're getting everybody on train, on track. Yeah. So you don't have to make five different pots because you have five family members. You're cooking one thing. Yes. Your, your, your workload just went down to one. Yes. And sure, would that be like from some family members who are not going to like this or one might have an allergy versus the other one who might have a complete different allergies? Yeah, but that's an exception most of the time. Yes. But if you are doing it right, I don't think you should deprive yourself. I don't think you need to diet. You'll create a lifestyle. I think that's the main thing that I always try to get to people. It's like if you are dieting, 
then you're definitely setting yourself to failure ultimately. But once you create that lifestyle, you're no longer really dieting. You're not counting calories. You're not portioning, controlling things. You're not going crazy out of your way to lose a pound maybe every couple months, right? Totally. Feels so much better when you when you're feeding your system something cleaner, and you're tapping into your fat burning mechanism. Ultimately, at some point, right, depending how quickly or well you do it, you have so much more energy, and it's almost like an unlimited source. Right. Right. So you're not getting the crashes every couple hours. You're not getting the cravings because you're sending the right. Here's the thing, though. I don't know how much time we have, but I think this is one thing that's very important for people to understand that um, when you're adjusting your your health or you're you're doing the right food, you're eating the right food, you're doing the right combinations, you're creating that lifestyle. Yes. The power that we all suffer from mm-hmm. will no longer be relevant. Mm. Here's why: because you cannot kind of. When you do the right things, you're sending the right hormonal signals. Everything is working properly. Yes. Signals that you're going to your brain saying, hey, I want sugar are no longer there. Right? Okay. Yeah, you're going to get that couple, you know, for a couple of days. But ultimately, once you align everything together, your body's no longer getting those cravings. You're not getting this like, oh, well, my sugar just crashed. I need something to get it back up now. Mm-hmm. Right? You're... you're you're aligning all those hormones. That's why, you know, earlier I mentioned there was like, you know, the five factors. Once you do them right, your body is really working properly. It's the communication is happening, right? There's no gaps. So you're no longer getting the cravings. You're no longer getting those, oh, I need to cheat about something because I haven't had this for all this time. Or, hey, I feel like, like I mentioned, a cookie or whatever. I have a sweet tooth. Still, that hasn't changed over the years. Um, I don't know if you saw my post. I made some pumpkin loaf yesterday because I was craving it for all this time, right? (laughs) You could do that. Yes. Because you know you can do it. You know it's not going to change everything at that point. You know that, okay, I had it. I'm good. Let's let's move on, right? So you give yourself permission to actually enjoy life. Amen. You're no longer limiting yourself, not not only just from the belief perspective, but your your health perspective. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're out and gone, going skiing, going to the beach, you're no longer like, oh, I have to get this tiny little stupid bar now. I have to pack this, you know, five ounce, whatever thing. You give yourself permission to live life, enjoy that time with your family, your friends, whoever, right? Yes. And you're no longer limited. Yes. I think that's what messes up with everybody's head. Now, you know, I, I could see why, because the minute you say, I'm going to limit myself or deprive myself, put yourself in that mode, you're automatically going, what the hell was for? Mm-hmm. Then you start looking for excuses saying, oh, well, you know, it was my daughter's birthday, so I had to have a slice of cake or I had to have a bite of the gluten cake. Once you get off that mode, if you really are gluten issue, if gluten is the issue or whatever that might be the issue for your different food category, mm-hmm. finding ahead of time, that cake could be gluten-free, that cake could be vegan, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Right, so you no longer are like tempted of like, well, I have to have this whatever thing for my daughter at home. Once you switch around and get them into a lifestyle, understand like, oh, I don't need that anymore. Yeah. So you're removing temptation as well from there. You know, again, once in a while, I'll, I'll have the craving of ice cream. I'll get a tub. I'll get as small as I can because yeah. I go through it in the day, and I'll eat it. 
I'll get my craving and I'm done with it. That's for a few months. And that's good because it's never one epic thing that ruins it all. Like it's never yeah, but, like, oh, I ate that bite of ice cream and now I screwed everything up. And But that's the lies and that's that mindset that we tell ourselves. Like I fall, I don't know how many times people say to me, I've fallen off the wagon. And I always yeah, say, what is why? this wagon that you speak of? I don't understand what that is. Because you're right. When you're making it a lifestyle, then you're not focusing on what you can and can't have. This is good. This is bad. You're fueling yourself the way that you should with the food that makes you feel good. And you're allowing yourself to indulge right, which I know is a stick of yours. I love that. Absolutely. You're absolutely allowed to do that, right? But also you're – this is especially with women. Men, men – I mean, I work mostly with women – I have some men here and there, but like I said, we wait until something happens. Then we'll go like, oh, I'll try it. Um, but you guys have this habit of guilt tripping yourselves. Mm-hmm. You did something. Oh, I had this cake. Oh, I'm going to go to the to the gym now and work 4,000 calories. Or the reverse of that also is I just work, you know, when you're dieting, you feel entitled. Yes, you've earned it. And at 20 minutes on the treadmill and the treadmill showed I have burned, I don't know, 300 calories. So now I deserve a treat. What's that treat most of the time? Some garbage. Yep. Your triple, not fat, whatever, whatever extra caramel, whatever the hell it is, right? <laughs> yeah. You are because you're in that mindset of I deserve this now and you haven't created a lifestyle, right? You just regain all the calories you burn, but, right, maybe some more, but it's okay because you just convinced yourself you deserved it. Mm-hmm. You just read everything you did, right, all that hour work or 20 minutes running or whatever, and that's where I think it's really, really important to create a lifestyle versus going on a diet. It's much harder. It's much harder because it requires a more commitment. As you know, it requires you to change a lot of things. And oftentimes, if you really want to change that habit really quickly, you want to hit them all at once. Yeah. That throws your body into like complete shock. Oftentimes. Totally. You get the headaches, you get the cravings, you get the whole thing. But unless you stick to it for the first couple of days, you're going to fall back into the same cycle over and over and over again. And that's why, I, like I tell my people, hey, this is what's going to happen. Get the headaches. You're going to get, you know, whatever. Your system is going to be like, what the hell is going on in here? But stick with it. Next couple of days, be ready for that. Yep. Over that hump, you're done. You're not going to look back. Yep. You're not going to feel it. You're not going to crave it. You're not going to feel sorry for yourself. You're not going to want to quit because you start seeing the difference at that point in your energy, in your the way you feel, right? You're sleeping better. You're... Um, your your energy changes. Just you, you know, you no longer have those cravings because again, like we said, you've got aligned the signals that are going to your brain from and to your brain are actually the signals that you want you. Yes. So that's 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 the way I see it. That's the uh, again going back to creating lifestyle. I guess it's absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's like. Even though when you're talking about the fitness, it's like do the fitness because you want to do it. You want to move your body. You want to feel good, not because it's 
you want to earn some sort of treat that's going to go and undo all of that. Eat the food. You're right. A lot of us don't, I don't want to wrap a burger in lettuce sometimes because I'm like, yeah. I've tried to make wraps out of lettuce and I'm like, it's just not the same, right? It's like, I'd rather pick an alternative that I'm still going to enjoy the taste of, enjoy the smell of, enjoy the look of it. Exactly. You know, it's like, make it, as you said, make it a lifestyle. Look at your food. Look at your stressors. Look at your sleep. Look at, the, look at the toxins or the inflammatory foods that you're putting in your body and what signal it's sending to your body. And lastly, that fitness. Make it fitness that you want to do, that you enjoy doing. Move your body so you can feel good. You're going to balance those hormones. And life is going to be good. Here's, I don't know what, how much time do we have in here. We got like 30 seconds. So this is your last final thought. All right. Then we don't have enough time, but I think it's important to address the inflammatory toxins at some point. We could do it, you know, at another time perhaps, but most people don't have understanding of the toxins. Mm. What causes it? Okay. I'm going to keep it very simple. Uh, If you think about the medications that we take, whether prescribed or not, over the counter, they're chemicals, they're toxins. If we think about the 80,000 different chemicals that we have in the food system, mm-hmm. right, one form or another, um, oftentimes the smokes or the drinks or all of those are actually chemicals in your system that affect your body. And we don't think about toxins from that perspective. Right? We think about an antibiotic being just medicine, but it's ultimately some sort of a chemical that's interfering with your hormones, with your system. So I think that's important thing to address for people because most of them don't, don't get it, don't have knowledge they never thought about it from that perspective but mm-hmm. i'll keep it as short as i can <laughs> okay. that will be the topic for our next podcast together we'll dive in more of the toxins holy moly that was absolutely amazing so if you want to learn more from rouge you can head to his website realfoodismedicine.com as you can see he's a wealth of knowledge around food fitness health, sleep, stress, making it a lifestyle, getting off of that diet. Don't even use that D where the D is like the new F words. Like don't even use it. Don't say it. Don't create that mindset, that restrictive mindset that you can and can't have something and detox your body a little bit, right? Get rid of those inflammatory foods. Know that it's going to suck for the first little bit. You're going to feel a little bit off, but you've got a lifetime to enjoy the benefits of eating well, moving well, living your life, that family benefit extension you talked about. Not only are you going to make those changes in your life, everyone's going to be eating out of that one pot healthy meal together, being that role model, setting that example. So hopefully that inspired you to get the knowledge to really look at what you're putting in your body, what it's doing, and making those changes as necessary. So you know you've got myself and Chef B as a resource if you need it. Go, go, go. And we'll see you again on the Empowered Life Podcast. You've been listening to the Empowered Life Podcast. For more free business and health training, go to www.lisapizik.com.